0: So, you know, I remember getting my first client. He was my uncle. He's my dentist. And he says, hey, what times can you train? You know, uh, I'm looking to train with you. I heard you just got a job. Mm -hmm. And he said, how does Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 a.m. sound? Now, for me, I am not a morning person (laughs) at all, at all, dude. I'm always running late. Like, this has been with me since the test of times. But I told myself, this is the only thing I have going for me. So I'm definitely going to give it my all. And so I said, of course, I'll see you at 5 a.m. <laughs> right. And and getting into that habit of waking up early and defeating myself, having a psychological win, starting my day proactively, starting my day off with service, starting my day off with giving. It created a transform a transformative process where I didn't, I, you know, I just was growing each and every single day consistently.
1: Welcome to the millennials of money podcast. The podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and financial professional, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show.
2: So what's up, guys? I got a special guest today. This is my friend and my colleague, Mr. Brandon Buentipo. Brandon, say what's up.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Brandon here. It's great to be on the show, and I'm very thankful for this opportunity.
2: Hey man, I'm thankful to have you on. So I'm gonna allow you in a second here to introduce yourself and share who you are, what you do, some of what makes you special, and you are a special, my man. But let me start by sharing how you and I know each other. So you and I know each other, just like me and a previous guest, Mr. Larry Williams. We met through, um, through Toastmasters. I, I don't know if you remember, but I actually have seen you in person once. As of lately, we've only met via Zoom. But I met you actually in person. Your BNI chapter, or, or I mean, your Toastmasters chapter, or I should say our Toastmasters chapter, used to meet directly across the street from my office. And before I joined, I came and visited you guys once. And I, I heard Sydney, your girlfriend, speak actually. I think, I think it's her first time speaking. Yeah. But yeah, we met in person then. So that's as far as you and I go back. You know, we meet weekly. I love hearing you speak. I love, um, and you share, you're very open. And once I heard about the way you've just just a little bit more about your life, I said, hey, man, people got other, more people got to hear you talk. So I had to have you on the show. Thank I you. thank you for agreeing to be on. So why don't you introduce yourself, what you do, and just tell us a little bit about, more about you, Brandon.
0: So my name is Brandon Patrick Buentipo. I am 29 years young. I am nothing but a guide to help people find peace, and purpose in their everyday life. Personal training is what I do. It is not who I am. Personal training is a vehicle for me. It's a bridge where I can help people fine-tune their mind, body, and spirit. Um, I'm all about balance. I'm all about trying to find the light, even in darkness. And a lot of us have gone through and will continue to go through multiple obstacles in life and like i told you in our toastmasters meeting you know it's not the strongest or smartest who survive right it's the most adaptable and so my job as a guide my job as a trainer is to help people adapt uh, to whatever is being thrown at them and also to be compassionate towards themselves that's it
2: I like that, man. I love that approach to life and business and just the whole being of you of who you are. I like that a lot, man. And adaptability, it's so important, man. It's like that's why I took the approach of financial planning the way I do as far as ongoing planning with my clients, because things change. Goals change, life's change, circumstances change, the taxes change, and the plans gotta be able to adapt and change along right, right alongside that. So you and I are very similar in that. So Brandon, this show is all about financial success and helping people helping help encourage millennials to kind of continue to make the white the right financial decisions. You know, those kind of kind of cornerstones and the mindset around money gets set in place at a young age. Of course, they can always change and life can always change and we can in our minds are gonna ad- adapt as you say along with that. But that's kind of where that foundation gets set in stone. So let's go back there, Brandon. What was life, what was my like in your household growing up? Where did you grow up?
0: So I grew up here in Sacramento. Uh, I have, there's a family of, of five of us. I have my mom, my dad, and I have two older sisters. Uh, my older sister is 38. My middle sister is 34. I am the youngest uh, of the, all, all three, and I'm the only boy. So I definitely have uh, a lot of special treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I definitely feel the love, you know, I get tough love from my sisters and my, and my dad, and I get the soft, compassionate love from my mother.
2: Yeah. And I'm
0: very much more like my mom than I am like my sisters or my dad. Uh, I'm a very sensitive person. You know, I, I'm half deaf. I got made fun of uh, when I was a kid growing up, and it was a difficult childhood, always worrying about what other people think, worrying about how I looked worrying about if somebody sat on my right side, what would they think of me, how they would perceive me. So at a very young age, I grew up very quickly. Um, And in the beginning, what I realized was what what I thought was my weakness eventually became my biggest strength. And as I grew older, I realized what God has intended for me and what he created was a seed of humility growing up as a kid. Uh, always feeling like I was the oddball out, you know, kind of like the black sheep, but as I got older and older, that pain eventually molded me, and it allowed me to be compassionate towards other people that have similar situations or similar feelings and emotions. So at the you know end of the day, whatever comes at us, right? whatever feelings that we have, they are actually sharpening us for higher purpose you know the, the word passion um, it's a lot it comes from a latin root and passion means to suffer so when we are passionate about something we are willing to suffer for something you know you have the passion of christ what did he suffer for he suffered for us he suffered for our sins he didn't have to right when he got whipped multiple times He didn't say anything. He said, forgive them, father. Right. When he carried his cross, when people were calling him names, people were questioning him when they were spitting on his face. Forgive them, father, for they did not know what they do. So I, what's crazy, man, everything that we're going through in this life right now, I really feel like Jesus is here and he's in us. And we just have to be willing to wake up and, 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 Surround ourselves with the right people, with the right frequencies, with the right energy to really feel his presence. And, you know, I'll tell you this straight up this past year in 2020, um, I didn't really feel him. I was consumed by the devil, I was consumed by addictions, a lot of numbing, a lot of drinking, a lot of eating sugar, a lot of pleasure. And that pleasure eventually turned into pain. And it wasn't fun to drink anymore. It wasn't fun to smoke anymore. It wasn't fun to eat whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. So suffering has brought me a lot of emotional wisdom. It's brought me a lot of insight. But it has allowed me to grow deeper relationships with people. And there's so much beauty behind the suffering. It sucks to go through it. It sucks, you know, when you're working out, right? It burns. It sucks when you're on a tight budget and you're saving money. You're working overtime or you're restricting yourself. You know, it's difficult. Um, But the beauty behind the sacrifice, it's magical. And I'm just grateful again here for this opportunity to shed some light. You know, and everybody, every mind is its own universe. Everybody is going through their own things in their lives. And I think it's very important that we continue to be open, continue to talk about whatever it is that we're holding on to. It's just a, a beautiful way to heal coming together.
2: Amen, brother. Amen, brother. I appreciate you for sharing shared quite a bit there. I wasn't aware of that about you. I'm glad that you opened up and I feel, I'm glad you feel comfortable sharing that with us in our audience, man. So talk to me about what was finances like in your home as you're growing up? What was, what was, was it something that was talked about? What was money like Be, being the baby boy with a, and you know, you're the Filipino, I believe you Filipino, correct? Right, right, right. The Filipino is kind of like, just like the Mexican family, the baby, and the baby boy, like you're the, you're the joy of that mom. <laughs> So what was it like for you, man?
0: Oh, so, you know, financially, there, there was two sides of the coin. Um, one side was spending and the other side was saving. And, uh, you know, no offense to my dad or anything like that. He's definitely more of a, of a spender. He knows that. Uh, but my mom, my mom, you know, her offense was, wasn't the best. You know, she worked as an insurance agent. She was making like 40000 a year, something like that um and my dad was a real estate agent so his offense was high mm-hmm. so higher offense uh creates more of a temptation to spend more and but with my mom she was handling all the money and she was the the frugal mother right uh who shopped that always tried to find the best deals right yeah. And i picked that off of her uh, i you know my sisters are kind of like my dad pretty big spenders and one thing for me that changed the whole game was I saw the stress right that my mom was under that my dad was under when money was tight, and I didn't want to add to that stress so if I saw a box of cereal that was $4.99 at the grocery store I told my mom let's just get the cheaper one $1.99 so I picked up those habits from her of living less than uh, your means and always being, you know, mindful of how much you're consuming, right? And how much you're saving. So in terms of the values that I, the values of frugality that I got, definitely picked it up from my mom. Finances were really like talked about. My parents tried to hide that from us because they didn't want us to stress about them not having money. I'm sure there were definitely seasons of uncertainty and worry, but they did a really good job of concealing that just so that way we didn't have to worry about it. Um, However, I think that, you know, as we get older, I think it is very important to have those open conversations with your children. Of course, you don't want to feed fear into them, but you also have to be real. And then it gives them the opportunity to think for themselves and grow faster right we live in a world man where all of us including myself consumers man we're animals we beasts right or more 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 right I'm going to buffet today <laughs> like you know so it's just like But at the end of the day, like one thing that I like, that one uh, philosophy I go by is one day of good eating will not help you. One day of bad eating will not hurt you. So you can apply the same mentality when it comes to finances. I'll repeat that again. One day of good eating will not help you. One day of bad eating will not hurt you. So really, Uh, you know, it's all about balance, right? You take one step forward, you take Two steps back to take three steps forward, one step back. So, which which direction are you really going? Where is the momentum heading, right? What are we doing uh, to be to to keep that momentum heading in the right direction of being healthy physically, of being healthy mentally, of being healthy financially, of being healthy spiritually, right? Those are the four pillars I live by: health, wealth, love, and happiness, right? Health definitely take care of your body. Wealth take care of your finances. Love take care of your men- your mental, your spiritual, and then happiness is really just savoring life, savoring the day, savoring the hot chocolate, savoring the sushi. Right, like oftentimes. Our conditioned mind believes that the next moment is greater than this one. So important to pause and, and, and remember that sometimes less is more, right? We live in a world where we, we, we want more more and more, but sometimes what can I cut out? What can I eliminate, right? I don't, I'm not, I'm not getting haircuts anymore, right? <laughs> like $50, right? Every two weeks, every 10 days. Because I'm trying to what? Look good for who? Right? And that that's what 2020 taught me, man. Like as a trainer, I always worried about how I look. Always worried about my image. Always worried about what people thought of me. And that's that's happened since I was a kid. But eventually when I in isolation, I realized what really matters? my own opinion about myself. At the end of the day, nobody else's opinion, not Cindy, not my parents, not the Toastmasters, like, you know, and it's all respectfully spoken, but the only opinion that really matters is, is my own view of myself. So letting go, stripping that away, saving some money, saving a hundred dollars, at least a hundred dollars a month. That's $1,200 for, a year.
2: For, for, for the listeners who can't see this, the ones who are listening via audio, my man Brandy's have a beautiful head of hair. He's (laughs) got, he's gotten clean shaven. So that's what he's talking about. Saving that money.
0: Right. And you know, at the end of the day, there's seasons to life, right? There was a season where, you know, I, I, that was my way of loving myself was, was really just, you know, having this image, but I'm just in a, I don't look down on anybody that gets haircuts. I, you know, I probably might grow my hair back in the future, but just in this current state in this current um, reality that I'm living in, I'm I'm trying my best to let go of what other people think, right? In the book, you know, think like a monk, right? Think like a monk, the very first chapter, he says, I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think that I am. Hmm. So, in conclusion, we have lost ourselves. We, how we think of us is how, uh, how we think others think of us. And it's just all twisted and, you know, with social media and, you know, uh, constantly, you know, trying to find the right image. Like I told you in the Toastmaster speech of, of, you know, we live in a world of superficiality where no one really wants to sh- expose the bald head, expose the ear, expose the sins, right? That that we do daily. Our hands are dirty. But when we expose our weaknesses, when the light shines on the darkness, that's how everything, that's how our sins dissipate. When we, essentially, you know, as I tell you personal things about myself, I am having a conversation with God. I am putting it out into the universe. I am uh, being authentic and and open about everything. And as we do that into our consciousness, it it basically, we reveal it. And when we reveal it, we're more incentivized not to do those things in the future. There will be times where we slip and fall, but like one of my spiritual mentors, Darwin, has told me, he says when you sin sign just get back up don't hold yourself down don't judge yourself don't condemn yourself get back up move forward and continue to pray and that's it
2: you know and you know you unpacked quite a bit there you know for, first I reminds of why I wanted to have you on the show in the first place was that y- you spoke on something that that I was God was doing with me on and some of my clients on right around the same time and that's the perception you know a lot of people say they don't care what people think about them mm. but everybody cares the way how they're perceived mm. so if you don't like the person that i want to be perceived as i don't care care less but if you can if you see me differently the way i'm trying to be perceived as that's where the problem lies mm. and then that's okay that's natural but the issue comes when the person you want to be perceived as matters more than the person who you really are
0: Ooh. and,
2: then, and then that's mm-hmm. and then once once I heard you kind of you were on the same lines as god was doing this with me I was like you want to tell that guy gotta get this on the sh- guy on the show another thing you said back to we don't want to get too um we don't go too far left or right on the show but one thing another thing you said was um growing up in your household um you 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 know uh, i'm sorry you you said one of your models is one day of bad eating one Will
0: not hurt you. Will i hurt oh, you i'm not will not help you yeah.
2: and i love the way you simplify that cuz i talk about my clients like just recently true story i had a client of mine he, he this guy does a great job he makes really good money he's he he practices what i preach he stays on a budget for the most he saves a lot of money maxed out his 401k contributions investing uh, uh, the money above his needs he's he has strong merch reserves. he's doing a really good job and this guy just went out and bought a really nice BMW. Hmm. Super nice 2021 BMW. And he, when he, um, we, we had a kind of appreciation event, he came up there, he kind of like, had a look of shame, like, yeah, Peyton and I did. that. Like, hey man, d- don't feel bad. You got to enjoy this life too. It's, it's not, you, you got to enjoy this moment. I always say financial, the purpose of financial planning is to enjoy the life now while you're to the future. You can't only think about the future you. Like you said, we're always worried about tomorrow, and the mm. next day is more important than the moment. Mm. Like, don't feel bad, man. Enjoy this car. You deserve it. You've done a good job. All right. So, man, like, so you're just really speaking to my spirit as you were talking, brother. Mm. But let's, um, let's fast forward a little bit. Talk about when you were no longer living at your home. I don't know what you did right out of high school. I don't know if you went to college. I don't know if you started your own business. I don't know if you personally trained at the gym. Talk about what life was like financially when you became a little more independent.
0: As I became more independent, you know, after high school, I went to all boys school, Jesuit high school. Um, Then I went to UC Merced for five years, graduated with a human bio degree, had minors in psychology and public health and, you know, money. I wasn't really thinking about money during that time. I was just thinking about studying. And I think when money really hit me was after I graduated college. And I saw I had all this (laughs) debt. And, you know, I was uh, actually going to school to try to get into physical therapy. Um, And so I was at the physical therapy office. I was putting in my hours. And one thing that I was constantly doing was looking at the clock. When can I get out of here? (laughs) And I came to this realization or God revealed to me that how am I going to be successful or competitive in something that I am not even enjoying in something that I don't even fully immerse myself with. I'm just waiting until the day is ending. Um, so then I got into personal training, right? And then personal training introduced itself to me. I was just training my mom and my dad at the gym. And uh, you know a little bit of background, I did martial arts for nine years uh, from age nine to 17. So we would do some of the workouts, and that's how I got kind of got my education what, background.
2: What, what kind of martial arts did you practice? It was a
0: traditional Japanese uh, karate, so it was like kind of like point sparring uh-huh. uh, and like like forms and katas and stuff like that. The name of the martial art was Shito Ryu. And uh, one thing that I learned from martial arts was just discipline, uh, and also the biggest thing was awareness of your surroundings and not to provoke anything the best fight is no fight right that's the biggest thing I've learned but you know I I was able to develop uh, fitness as a, as a daily thing and I remember a Saturday morning I trained my mom and my dad and eventually some guy walked over who was the manager and asked if I was a trainer and I said actually no you know I'm not a trainer but I am looking to be one uh, and he goes well how would you like working for us? And I said, I would love to. <laughs> like, you know, at the time, man, while I was shadowing, you know, for f- physical therapy and whatnot, I was working at Coldstone Creamery. That was my job for five years. And I tell you what, I love working there. I love scooping ice cream. I love asking, what can I do for you? How do you want it? Do you want half and half? Do you want, three, three, <laughs> do you want graham cracker crust on the bottom and on the top? I'll do it for free for you. No charge. Like I loved being able to help people or to leave people a little bit better than I found them. They, the, the joy that they felt and knowing that it's anybody can make ice cream but how you make the ice cream separates you. How you speak to people. Anybody can talk, say, I love you. How you say, I love you. It's it's how you do things that separates you, right? And I made sure I I didn't want any ice cream coming on the side. I don't want ice cream on their hands Mm -hmm. and stuff. I would even give them a little to go, just, just extra ice cream on the side, whatever it is that I could do to be of service.
2: I was gonna, I was gonna say that word. Isn't it funny how God reveals things to us, man? Like, like you started coaster and Creamery, You realized, you know, you wouldn't. You seem You didn't know what you didn't know what. You thought you wouldn't be a physical therapist, right. and then your coaster and, Creamery and You realized, you know what? I, I'm not happy. I'm counting the clock every day at work. Right, right. But I love serving people. Yeah, I love I, and yeah. same with me. I started the used car dealership, like no financial advisors even talked about these cars that's why i learned where i started my career as far as um the finance manager there wow and i, I was able to help people get into cars that they that they thought they, they needed a car they needed a vehicle they had challenge credit i was able to help and i was like man i don't like this car business i don't like this mm. i really like helping these people mm. Mm. and i was there i Google careers for people that like helping people Wow. Financial advisor came up. I found my way in the industry. Nice. It, 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 like you started coasting, creamy. It's just like you got to be able to be used as that tool to mm-hmm. get to where God wants you to be.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: let's get back. We, we keep segueing here. It's gonna happen. And it's no problem at all. I enjoy it, but let's kind of hop back on it.
0: Yeah.
2: So, so you talked about um, you enjoy, You realize, okay, I like I like serving people. This magic came up with you at the at the gym, I don't know if it was a, if it was a mainstream gym, it was a kind of a karate gym, I don't know, but he said, hey, do you wanna coach? Let's pick up from there, what happened next?
0: Right, so, you know, he asked if I wanted to, it was a mainstream gym, a corporate gym, California Family Fitness. Um, you know, I've worked there for five and a half to six years. It was amazing ride. I got a chance to meet all kinds of people, all kinds of different backgrounds. Um, and man, just so, so blessed. Uh, for the opportunity to meet literally thousands of people, thousands. I've, I've, I've got a chance to really, you know, it's just so crazy. It's so crazy. Uh, you know, whether you're white, whether you're black, whether you're gay, whether you were straight, whether you were short, whether you were tall, whether you were in shape, or whether you were morbidly obese, whether you were rich, whether you were poor, the love, that i expressed towards each and every client was consistent and as i was able to give myself universally towards everybody a lot of the love came back right the law of giving and receiving right yeah so i met financial advisors i've trained them right i've trained uh nurses doctors i've trained the whole field of people and what I, what I realized was it's not how much money you make. It's how much money you keep. Right. I, 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 like, there are doctors out there that well, that make well over six figures. Right. But they also spend a lot too, you know, and and I've been to their houses and I've seen uh, their, their life. And it's, it's not what you would think. You know, it's not what what it definitely changed my my whole perspective, and so as I got older, I I really wanted to be in a state where I was in flow, where you know things just happen naturally, and you know then I, I met a girl. I was only make dude, it was crazy. I was only making like what eighteen dollars an hour, uh, but to me, I, I would do this shit for free. Keep it keep it one <laughs> hundred. Keep it one hundred. And that's how I think I got rewarded because I was already doing it in in martial arts. I was already doing it in college. I was already doing it after college, right? So that's when the universe just started to reward me. And um, I came across a client who was also a financial advisor, and she had me track everything. Just kind of like how I had my clients track their calories. She got me into tracking every single thing that money
2: Let's the pause there. So, there there was a stint where after I started, I stopped boxing professionally. I was a personal trainer, full mm, time, mm. and I learned, and I just like you, I had I had clients who were doctors, OBGYNs. like, oh. uh, and these clients were making in three hundred thousand dollars a year, and they were spending three hundred and one thousand dollars a year. You uh-huh, know, uh-huh. you know, you know, it's like therapy. How much they talk to the trainer about? And I was on the Kool-Aid and I was was just learning like, man, making all this money and it's still not enough. So I realized then then and also through my upbringing that the issue is not how much money you make. Mm. It's understanding what is you really value and finding that. Because these people are spending money on things they didn't value, chasing what is, trying to figure out what is they really want. And they were spending everything, they Mm. were not happy they, they love being doctors. Since kids, they wouldn't be doctors, but they it didn't bring the happiness they were looking for mm-hmm. because their finances were not where they wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just like, it's such a therapeutic career, you know, as a person, a trainer, like, it's like what I do, you get to help people. You get to really right. see them, get them and know what's going on and really be in the mix. and really sit, like You're doing more than just working out. It's just, when those endorphins get, a, get released, people start talking to you and Mm-hmm. You're you really healing them, man. So that's really cool, brother. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Thank you. But man, so let's uh, so so you start working with that financial planning, and she like oh, this is what's where I was going before I went on that tangent is you it's tracking things. If you track anything, you'll see progress. Right. It's, it's like it's like if you if you start timing your mile time, mm. it's gonna get better and better. But if you don't time you stay at the same place. Right, right. And same thing with same thing with your eating. Like, if you write down, you do nothing more. I, listeners, I can't, in my industry, you can't say guarantee that often. But i feel comfortable a saying guarantee in this area. If you write down every single thing you eat each day, you see you're eating less and less calories. Right. Because you're aware, people go through life not being aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's so important if like, you need money to enjoy your life. But if you're not tracking your money, and where it's being spent, you're not, it's gonna, it's going always say give every dollar a purpose or it's gonna purpose itself. And mm-hmm. that happens time and time again. So, what was your life like when you worked with that financial advisor? It was like, hey, Brandon, you know, you've been trying to track all this and this. So <laughs> I my turn to train
0: you. Right, right. What was that you know, like? It, it comes back to the concept of what doesn't get measured doesn't get improved, right? And, and, you know, us trained like anything that you want to improve on, how can we quantify your improvement, right? How can we put it on paper, essentially? So, you know, working with the financial advisor definitely helped me find clarity, right? With h- how much was going out, how much was going in. And it just gave me that foundation. And then I, you know, I, I saw this guy, Ty Lopez, right? Here in my garage guy, right? And... Uh, I invested in, it, in his 67-step program. with was $67. It was one step per day, and he he gave me a lot of insight. And you know, the more that you learn, the more that you earn. So his whole his whole philosophy was reading, and so I started reading more. I started, you know, getting into financial books, love languages books like Five Love Languages. I uh, started getting into Power of Now, Spiritual Wisdom by Eckhart Tolle, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits. That was the first one. Um, and another one by Dave Ramsey and a lot of Tony, Tony Robbins books, too. But one one uh, quote that uh, Dave Ramsey, I read the other day on Twitter was God feeds the birds, mm-hmm. but he doesn't put the food in the nest.
2: I like that. Right right it. It. so
0: we have it's all in front of you it's already there it's already done you just have to go and put in the work and it's putting in the work is actually the reward when things come too easy right it's not fun right it's just it's just i mean if i'm just this just, It's. i'm just kind of going through the ebbs and flow right uh, but I when got, i gotta
2: uh, i gotta interrupt you there because yeah. i know I know you and Sydney are da- dating and like, I can tell you kind of got that flow like me like that. Like I know women has something, something that's came easy to you in your past. Yeah, Same with me, but when things are easy, you don't want it. I can tell sydney has been more of a challenge.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, same with me and my wife, man. She's been, it was a pursuit. So I could tell like, we don't want that easy game. <laughs> Here, give us a hard one and we're gonna, and we're gonna show up for it. Like you nice. give me an easy win. I will come on the field half, halfway without my uniform on. Right, coming up against the the number one team, I'm gonna show up for that game. Right,
0: right, right, hundred percent, man, hundred percent. So you know, it, like again, you know, working with the advisor, it just it's kind of like you know working with the trainer. But again, you have different kinds of health in life. You know, you have your physical, you have your emotional, you have your financial, and you have your spiritual. Right. For physical, you could see a trainer. For financial, you could see a financial advisor. For um, your mental health, you could see a therapist. Right. And for spiritual health, you know, you pray. You, you have prayer. You know, you spend time with the Bible, you spend time in nature. So definitely, you know, you are who you surround yourself with. You know, at the law of association. If five of your friends are unhappy, most likely you won't be happy. If five of your friends are into self-development, most likely you'll probably be reading and journaling and going to Toastmasters meetings, et cetera, right? So it's very, very important of who you surround yourself with. And it's very difficult when you have to start eliminating people, especially when those certain people are your family. But one thing that I found was that those are when you have people that have opposite frequencies, for example, like, you know, Kevin Hart, stay in your lane, stay in your financial lane, right? If I'm I'm good, I'm budging, I'm good. And then my boy's like, hey, come on, what you doing Friday, man? Let's go out. All right, let's go. Go out, $20, $40 here. Get drinks, $40, $80. Like, damn, mm-hmm. Uber, you know, like, uh, like all this. And then, and then it's like, you know, you're taking one step forward during the week, but then you're taking one step back on the weekend. And then you're not able to actually grow and you're in this vicious circle where you're just, you know, same things. There's no growth there. There is no growth.
2: You know what I'm I'm hearing? I think we're kind of floating on on the same lane here is like it's about eliminating, like eliminating. Like it's hard to eliminate people. It's hard to eliminate habits, too. Like and it comes back to perception. Like people see me as this person. This has always been me. If I if I eliminate myself from this person who I am, who I am, I might like but like I know it's not healthy for me and and I know I could actually live without them but I just don't want the perception of me eliminating this person I don't want to look like I'm changing who I am or you know I have this bad habit I spend money on this bad habit that I can live without but like I they I get people get so much caught so caught up in who they were they thought like that's who they always have to be. Mm, mm. And you know we have a living society where they don't like people and don't change. you know, we we have a like I love I like Drake. I like his music, but he says no new friends. Yeah. Like what what are you? What type of world are we living <laughs> in? Where it's it's bad to make new friends? It did, like and like this stuff is pushed on us and like and we feel bad about growth. Mm. We I, um, I I had um, <laughs> the owner of Makuni restaurant Tara was on the show uh Last week, a few weeks back, his episode is probably gonna air right before yours, and he, and he talks about kaizen, and the word kaizen is it's a circle, a circle, of continuous growth, continuous growth, and wow, and like it's just you gotta be continually growing, and that means sometimes letting go of old habits, letting go of old friends, and growing on people are gonna continue to challenge you and to bring you up. I know we I know we kind of talked a lot about a lot there, but yeah. I'll give it back to you. I just wanted to comment on that
0: yeah yeah that's awesome man yeah so uh, again you know i i I, I started getting into uh, a lot of financial books you know millionaire next door um the biggest thing i got from that book was live less than your means right Uh, i started to reach out to certain people in my life that i felt like were doing really well my my cousin you know he's 27 years old he's a bona fide millionaire and, you know, he um, was thriving. You know, this is a guy that didn't know where, where, what he wanted to do, right? He was getting D's and C's all throughout high school. Uh, everybody else went to college. He went to community college because he had, still didn't have an idea of what he wanted to do. And then he eventually he got into tech. Uh, he worked at Radio Shack. He worked at McDonald's for a day. He worked everywhere for like less than two weeks. Like, <laughs> he was just hopping around. And, uh, you know, eventually he landed an internship at LinkedIn, surrounded himself with, um, you know, very intelligent people uh, with that knew a lot. And then he eventually became what his environment was. And then he was able to share with me a lot of basics, man, four or five years ago. It's crazy. I went to his house. I said, teach me your ways. Right. Teach me. What do you want? What, 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 What do you want to do? He goes, all right. First thing I want you to do is download either Acorns or Wealthfront, right? I want you to um, download Robinhood. I want you to uh, download this other app. And I'm like, right now, can we just do it later? (laughs) He was like, dude, before we play, we were playing Tetris on his PS3, I think. And he was like, before we play, right, do it. And it was kind of like, like my dad kind of like, all right, like, shoot. So we did it. And then um, he gave me a breakdown of 10% here, 20% here, 30% here, 5% here, you know, know, and it just gave me awareness and consciousness of how to plant my seeds, where to plant them and also not to, to let over analysis lead to paralysis, right? He says it's better to be in the game than to time the game. So sometimes we get caught up with, Oh man, should I buy? Should I sell? Sometimes we get caught up, you know, should I do the treadmill? Should I do the elliptical? Right. Should I swim? What what should I do? The point is do something. Okay. Mm -hmm. Get active, like take action. And then eventually as time, as you're consistent, then you can start to innovate. Then you can start to improvise. Then you can start to fine tune, reallocate, whatever it is that you need to do. So, you know, I'm very, very grateful for the people that come into my life that have taught me, um, you know, priceless things and uh, really just thankful that, you know, I'm not, you know, like the most, I'm definitely not <laughs> the the wealthiest man in the world when it comes to finances, but spiritually and mentally, I feel full and rich and it comes to the book, another book that, you know, I came across was Thinking and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And, you know, he talks about the 10 riches in life. And this is what changed the game. I was 23, 24, because in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, when I make 100K, then I'll be happy. When I have 50K in my bank account, then I'll be happy. When I drive that white BMW M3 stick shift, then I'll be happy, <laughs> right? Like that, those are my, my things. And then I came across the very beginning of the audiobook, And he says, there are 12 elements to being rich. And these are the real riches in life. As much as I'm trying to teach you financial education, as much as I'm trying to teach you how to be wealthy, there are 11 other things besides financial security that are considered to be rich. The first, go ahead.
2: Let's pause here for a commercial break and a word from our sponsors and we'll hop back in those with those 12 things. Oh
0: man, <laughs> this is sick. Sorry.
1: Hey, what's going on, guys? If you're enjoying the show, make sure to leave a rating and review on whatever listening platform you're using. We really appreciate it and make sure you share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the show.
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Millionaires and Money Podcast. I'm here with my with my guest Brandon Brentipo. And he was just about to begin saying the twelve. What what was it, Brendan? The twelve.
0: There was the twelve elements of being rich, right? And so, um, you know, again, thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, one thing that caught my eye when reading Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, was there are other elements of how we can be rich, and it's not just through money. And I thought I found this very profound. And the very first element of being rich is one positive mental attitude. Number two, physical health. Number three, this one is probably my favorite. Harmony in human relationships. Number four, freedom from fear. Number five, hope of future achievement. Number six, The capacity for applied faith. Number seven, willingness to share one's blessings with others. Number eight, to be constantly engaged in the labor of love. Nine, an open mind towards all subjects on all people, a.k.a. humility. Ten, complete self-discipline. Eleven, wisdom with which to understand people. And the last one, financial security. So money comes at the end of the list. And oftentimes I feel that with our society, we can operate from the outside in versus the inside out. You can be a billionaire, but if you are morbidly obese, what's the point if you cannot enjoy your life? You can be doing great financially, doing great with your stocks, with your Bitcoin, whatever it may be. But if you don't have harmony in your human relationships, you're still in hell, right? So it's, it's a good understanding that being rich doesn't just mean having your finances in check. Being rich means being well-rounded, right? Having great health, great wealth, great love, great relationships. And, and again, positive mental attitude was number one. So I can be a millionaire, but hang out with billionaires and still feel poor, right? It's that relative bias. It's that you know comparison bias. Even though I'm doing well than so many, like I don't know what the percentage is of this world, but you compare yourself to people above you, you still feel poor. That's why the Bible says, Comparison is a thief of joy, right? So it's important for us to learn how not to compare. And it's difficult in this day and age with social media. Everybody, you know, it's subconscious. I just scroll. I see somebody who's winning on Dogecoin. I see somebody who's winning on this other crypto. And I feel there's fear of missing out. So I, it's FOMO. I'm just like, oh, man, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm, I'm falling behind. But in reality, God has given me already what I need, yeah, right? I-
2: Exactly, man. I know what you're saying. I love that list. I'm include that list in the show notes when I release this podcast. And it comes down to really like not knowing what people value, not knowing what it is that you really value. And then you get that feeling, like you said, a thing that you're missing something. Mm -hmm. I'm missing something that's bringing this guy happiness. You're not even considering it. Will this bring me happiness? Mm -hmm. You're saying this is bringing this guy I'm seeing on social media happiness. I'd like happiness. I'm missing that. And it's because a lot of times people haven't sat down and figured out, what is it that I'm really looking for? What is it that really brings me happiness?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's just, uh, uh, so how do were you when, you when you stumbled upon this, man? You're a young man, you're doing well. Um,
0: how do were you when you stumbled upon this lifestyle? Um, so I was about 23 years old, 24 years old. That's when I first became a trainer for California Family Fitness. I worked there for six years. And, you know, I knew that with... My schedule, it was unorthodox. You know, I didn't work a nine to five. I was blessed to create my own schedule. So, you know, I remember getting my first client. He was my uncle, he's my dentist. And he says, Hey, when, what times can you train? You know, uh, I'm looking to train with you. I heard you just got a job. And he said, How does Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 a.m. sound? Now, for me, I am not a morning person <laughs> at all, at all, dude. I'm always running late. Like, this has been with me since the test of times, but I told myself, this is the only thing I have going for me. So I'm definitely going to give it my all. And so I said, of course, I'll see you at 5 a.m., <laughs> right? And and getting into that habit of waking up early and defeating myself, having a psychological win, starting my day proactively, starting my day off with service, starting my day off with giving, it created A transform a transformative process where I didn't I you know I just was growing each and every single day consistently right and I, I ran into uh, the right people and self-development was big and I told myself okay I'm up at five o'clock I'm, I'm not just going to go back to sleep I'm already up so Panera bed, bread was uh, right across the street I would go over there I would bring my journal I would bring uh, my planner and I would just have conversations with myself about with gratitude. What am I thankful for today? If today was my last day, how would I be living? Who would I spend it with? All the little many things that happened during the day I would savor and, and just be grateful for. And as I started to increase my frequency and I started operating at this positive, uh, vibrational energy, it just allowed me to attract what I was right. So as time unraveled, I just surrounded myself with more people. So I went to Toastmasters and had the right mentors, and just I eventually found out that you know, learning is has to be a daily practice, right? And for me, there are multiple times where, you know, I'm distracted, right, by my phone. And I think the they say the average amount of times that a human being checks their cell phone is anywhere from 200 to 500 times per day. I believe it. I believe And and what we have is this thing called um, attention residue. So right when we check, let's say I'm reading and then I check my phone and I go back (laughs) to reading, it takes some time for me to get back into that groove and sit back into that flow. Let's say, you know, you're in a podcast, right? And you got kids or you got everybody pulling on you, right? It's hard to kind of get back into the groove of things, etc. So our attention, you know, what you feed your attention um, to manifest. And uh, I, learned, I, I learned to set time blocks for myself, time blocks of focused learning. Just one hour, dude, just one hour. You know, same thing I do with my training. If you give yourself a time limit, of when to get in, when to get out, you're much more focused and conscious with your time, right? Versus just free flowing. So uh, that's how I kind of got into this whole self-development stuff. And, you know, oh dude, it wasn't even me. I'll tell you that, hold up. It wasn't even me that got into it. It was him, it was God, it was love. It was when I met clients and I would talk how I talk right now, There's Oh my God, I got a perfect book for you. And I kid you not, I my clients have gifted me over 20 books. Like I got, you know, Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, a fire one that I didn't read until like four years later, right? Uh, Power of Now, I got Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I got Think Like a Monk. I got Tony Robbins Unshakable. Like, <laughs> like, oh, like, 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 eh, like, like so much, you know, I got this book, A Purpose Driven Life, you know, like from one of my, uh, Coworker, and it's just like all this you know is it that i want to read the books or do the books want to be read yeah right you know it's like for you when you got into financial is it like do i want to like really help people find financial peace and security or do the people need to be served exactly. right
2: man i know what you're saying man especially when like god sees there's a need and he says, I just gotta find someone willing to fill this need. I I can if they're not if they all they need is the willingness. If they're not currently equipped, God will get you equipped. He's going he's not gonna put you in a position when you're not equipped. So he started giving you all these books and that again, that word that I, that um Taro said Kaizen comes back, that continuous yeah. growth, man. And I just think about that when I'm talking to you, you're such a young man, you just wanna continue to grow yourself. You know, as a, as a as a guy who hosts a podcast and I do a lot of presenting, that's what made me go to Toastmasters. Masters, what is it that kind of drove you to say, "Hey, I got to perfect my speak, my speech"?
0: You know, again, it, it wasn't me. It was, I didn't uh, just think up one day like, "Oh, I got to work on my communication skills." It was I met this is my mentor Christian Guardado. He was the person who uh, he worked with me at California Family Fitness. He was. Um, someone I looked up to. He had a full book schedule. He was running classes. He was on fire. He had this swagger. He had this confidence. And I said, I want to be like that guy. Right. So I said, how do you do it, man? Like, what is it? Like, like, teach me your ways. Right. And he told me to meet him at Panera Bread. You know, we met up. He gave me his routine he starts off the morning with god he does his bible work and then he has his first client at 6 and then he goes back and he does more internal work at panera and he started off his day with filling his own cup and emptying his own cup right and he was the one who offered me the opportunity you know brandon i, I don't offer this to anybody and i, I wouldn't just give this to anybody but i see something in you and i want you to give this a shot, I want you to just show up and tell me what you think. And so I, I said, anything you tell me to do, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> well, wise
2: man, wise man. Like this is something that God has worked with me, me on for the longest. And I'm just grasping in the last year, like I've had great mentors in my life. Yeah, literally, like it's something about me and same the same way that draws them to us. Right. We, and it's for the longest time I wasn't allowing people to pour into me. I was always trying to figure out my way was the best or a better way of doing it than rather than looking for someone who's in a position where I like to be and say, "Hey man, how can you can you guide me?" And my life has become so much easier seeking and following advice from mentors.
0: 100%. 100%. And human beings, you know, often we all learn in different ways, but the most effective way that we can learn is by osmosis, right? Is by literally spending time with the people it's through our conversations it's through the stories through our experiences that we learn you know reading books of course is great watching videos of course is great but you can accelerate that growth curve by the people that you surround yourself with you know there's a famous quote uh by warren buffett and he says we often make mistakes but who said they have to be ours
2: i like that i i, I like that one a lot man and <laughs> man i that's, that's powerful,
0: that's powerful. So again, like, you know, accelerating your growth curve, not making the same mistakes our parents did, you know, they want a better life for us, or even you know, not making same, some of the mistakes that are of your friends in your inner circle. And, um, you know, in life we learn by trial and error. The trial takes energy, but error can be fatal. And so it's important for us to be wise enough and be humble in action, right? actually actively seek people that can help us. And, um, you know, of course there's always, there's always fear. There's always uncertainty and you have different folks, different strokes, you know, like some people that have trained with me, um, they love the training. Some people it's can be too much or too little. Right. And so it's really just about finding the right people around you and having the wisdom and the courage and the patience to let time reveal the truth to you, right? And if you need to move on, you need to try something different. Then that's okay. There's nothing. There's nothing personal, right? Just kind of like if you have to find a different doctor, or you have to find it, you know. But the most important thing is that we are being humble in action. Is that we are taking, um, you know, the proactive approach in seeking people that can really help us grow inside and out, right? Not just externally, but also. Yeah, man, I'm definitely grateful for all the mentors that have uh, sharpened me. I am not who I am. I am an amalgamation. I am a combination of all the conscious people that I've met. Anytime you have an interaction, anytime you have A friendship or a bond you become one with that person and they will always be a part of you whether they're in their life for one month whether they're in your life for one year 10 years whatever we are all connected we're all one there is a symbiotic relationship um, with human beings right and uh, I'm just very grateful that I've come to meet such great high quality character people and it comes from you know my parents raising me with love and nurtured me with respect and so for me i'm just very humbled that i can sit here in front of you today and share with you you know my personal experiences about life in general
2: hey no i'm I'm glad to have you here with me too man i really appreciate you taking the time out your day and helping help me do this and helping you know, our listeners like you said you, You gotta have is that positive energy. You gotta feed yourself the right information, the the valuable knowledge, the stuff that's gonna lift you up. And like you said, a powerful way to learn is hearing stories of others. Mm -hmm. That's what this podcast is all about. Right. (laughs) Helping people learn from hearing the stories of others, man. So a lot of our listeners, as you were speaking about relationships, a lot of our listeners are millennials like you and I, and they're in that position. Like I think we're I'm a little further along than you, and some are a little uh earlier than you're, you're a little far along than some of our listeners. But with that point where a lot of us are trying to find that life partner, settle down, maybe start a family. I know I know you're in a relationship. I know, and it's, I always talk about the, how much of a balancing act it is, taking one financial background and combining it with another financial background and trying to merge finances together. I'm not sure if you and Cindy are at that point yeah. So why don't you just talk about your relationship, what that's been like, how you guys met and and w- what steps you guys are taking to kind of be on the same page when it comes to finances. You know, <laughs> I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh,
0: you know, we, me and Cindy, we've, we've known each other for about six years now. And, you know, one thing about us is that both of us come from frugal households. You know, uh, her parents are Vietnamese. My parents are Filipino. And we both weren't the most um, affluent uh families out there i remember when i was a kid i was, i wouldn't want people to come over to my house because our house was small compared to everybody else's houses you know i went to a private school and they all had they all lived in a very nice area and for me i didn't in my perspective as a kid i didn't think it was like anything extravagant right so um In terms of our relationship and moving in together, you know, we're not, we don't have any joint accounts or whatnot, Um, they're they're separate still. But one thing that we do do is go half on everything. And I told her in the beginning, I said, honey, like, uh, and I hope you don't take this personal, but I'm not in a place in my life where I can take care of other people. I still have to take care of myself. So in the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, there is a thing called a maturity continuum. We start off life as being dependent. We're dependent physically. We're dependent emotionally. We're dependent financially. And the goal as we grow into our 20s and 30s is to become independent, right? Independent financially, independent physically, independent emotionally. You're, you're you know, doing you, right? Yeah. But, the, but the, the pinnacle of success you know, the, the, the ultimate goal is to be interdependent when you have two independent people or two independent organizations working together effectively. I mean, so, so for me, I told her, you know, I'm still from I'm still dependent. OK, like I'm, I'm, I can't I'm not fully able to take care of myself just yet. So I still have my own personal goals. And, you know, luckily for me, um, she has the same mindset. Right. Same values and respect. And I think the biggest thing, you know, I, I dated people in the past and I felt pressure. I felt pressure, you know, to take care of them. Right. It, this was the tradition that's passed. You know, the male makes the money, the females at the home with the kids, whatnot. But life is changing. Everything's changing. And breaking through those uh, generational curses, you know, for me, it doesn't hit my ego, knowing that I can't fully support someone else yet. Right. But what's important is that there is mutual respect there. Mm -hmm. And so both of us, you know, we we go half on everything. And for me, I I'm a big tracker because my offense is not super high. My defense gotta be on point. Mm -hmm. Right. So for someone, let's say, who's not really active, they don't burn a lot of calories throughout the day, but they want to lose weight but it's hard because they're not constantly burning calories. That means they got to be just as tight on their diet than they do people that are actually working out. So when it comes to me, I use this application called every dollar it's uh, by Dave Ramsey. Basically you assign every dollar an assignment and you know where your money is going.
2: I, I, I always say that every dollar has got to have a purpose, man. Mm-hmm. If you don't purpose your money it's going to purpose itself. So I use the, I personally, I use, um, the Mint app. Yeah. I have some clients that use every dollar, same concept. I'm so glad that you're doing that, man. It's it's so important.
0: Yeah. And again, you know, it's not, it it wasn't me. These ideas were blessed upon me from the people that I've met, you know, from the videos that I've watched, you know, I didn't invent this, you know, out of nowhere. So it's just about, again, like trying, trying things. And, um, for me there, there's that, pressure right like how am i going to grow if i am not tracking so you know what doesn't get measured doesn't get improved Mm -hmm. you need to have a quantitative you know number that way if i feel like a five out of ten one day how can i get to an eight out of ten what can i do right to um just get better so just tracking uh, that that's been a daily habit in the beginning. It can be um, a little monotonous or it can be a little bit difficult to stay consistent with it. But once you start getting into the habit of it, it's just like liberating. Yeah. It's liberating. And just just having an idea of where everything is going, having a sense, some sense of self-control of discipline, right? If you look at the word discipline and you break it up, what does this discipline come from? It comes from disciple. It means to follow, right? Mm -hmm. To follow through. So um, with whatever anybody is going through, you know, just with whatever goal that you have, I think the best thing is just to follow through, have a sense of accountability, have a support system around you, be open about your sins, be open about the fact that you may have overspent on some Jordans or you may have overspent on some sushi or whatever um but you know there's that famous quote like don't be penny wise and dollar foolish you know a lot of people major in minor things and we minor in major things so Mm -hmm. you know learning how to invest your energy uh wisely uh i think is is a skill that is very important
2: you're dropping some knowledge bombs there man this is kind of I'm will really, it really back to the beginning. We talked about the relationships and being independent and interdependent. Right, and it's important to be wholly independent before you become interdependent. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad you're realizing that because my pastor he always talks about being come being whole single before you can be in a relationship with anybody. So you guys know so it takes two holes to mm-hmm. make one whole couple. It can't mm-hmm. be two halves and preach, preach. <laughs> and,
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and trust me. So when me and my wife got married, I wasn't whole. I mm-hmm. was wor- I was working on myself self still. So we struggled with some things financially, oh. and I had some I had some loose ends I need to tie up when it came to my finances. Things I had to learn the hard way that she had to kind of suffer through with me. Mm-hmm. Of course, it made us stronger. We made it through it. Thank for, glory to God. Of course, but it, it doesn't have to be that difficult. Mm-hmm. It, if I would have took time like you and been wise and say, you know what, I uh, told told my wife, you know what, I'm still not whole. And give me time to fix myself so I can be the best me for you.
0: Yes,
2: yes. And you're able to do, and I think it's huge. You and Cindy are able to do that, and you're able to tell her like, listen. We're gonna have to go house for a bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here who I am yet. I always tell people, people wanna know where they're going. Right. If you are, if you go on a tour, you go on a, a safari tour with a tour guide, you wanna say, hey, what's the plan? And he say, we'll go here to here. But if he tells you, hey, you just follow me, come get on board, you go on this ride, you're gonna be like cautious on your toes all the whole time because you don't know what's coming. Mm-hmm. So, as long as you gave her the opportunity to know that, listen, I'm still working on myself. Mm-hmm. Let me, sh- I love to have you come on board, but I can't take you on this ride with you not knowing what's up. Right. And man, it's so wild that you do that. It makes it make things so much easier for the both of you. So I, I- think,
0: you know, like honesty is the best policy, right? And, and, and for me, I, I, <laughs> it just comes with experience. Like I was dating someone and she was a little bit older right and there is pressure there that of of me to provide and she said can I be honest because I remember asking her I was like is it okay if we split the hotel is that is that cool right and she she said can I be honest with you I said I'm looking for a man I'm looking for somebody to take care of me right I ain't looking for a little boy whatever and I was like oh don't worry it's cool I got it I I got it I got it I got it girl I got it right and I was like living a lie, right? I was I was trying to perceive like I got it when in reality I was hurting, right? And I was just I was feeling a void, and I was willing to pay the price for it, you know, emotionally, financially, etc. So I knew heading after that relationship didn't um, you know turn out the way that it did. I knew going into the future that I I knew what I wanted,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? I knew. Uh, how I wanted to have a relationship. I knew the values that I had because there were certain red flags. And I think it's super important for people to be able to read their partner or to read uh, other people's habits, et cetera, because you can be, let's say, you know, my girlfriend is the breadwinner. She makes 100K a year. And I don't, I, I, I make, let's just say 20K a year, 40K, something small right and we combine our accounts but i'm a big spender and i spend 140 150k right i'm sabotaging her mm-hmm. sometimes we have males in this society that are doing well in this i've i've met a lot of them but the females the 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 wives they love to spend. They love, you know, I, and and these are these are my personal clients, the females. So this is just my own personal experience. Okay, yeah. this is not any like. by I'm not, you know, uh, looking down. I'm just saying, like, it goes both ways. Yeah. You yeah. have high spenders. You have high savers, right? And I think it's important that people are wise enough uh, not to just accept you're not, not to settle essentially is what I'm trying to say. Right. Oftentimes we settle, we're afraid that there's not going to be better out there. Uh, and so we just continue to, you know, keep our, our tunnel or our vision small. Um, there's that, there's a famous picture that really helped me, uh, learning to let go. And it's a girl who has a teddy bear and she's facing Jesus And Jesus is saying, let go, just trust me. And she's having a little tough time, you know, like letting go, because the teddy bear is all that she knows. And little did she know that behind Jesus was a bigger teddy bear. And oftentimes we want to see to believe before we believe and then see, right? We want to know that it's in front of me, then I'll believe it, then it's true, okay? Versus already having that faith, already having that belief that God is working, that there is going to be more opportunity out there, et cetera. And I think one thing I've learned from all my relationships is just what is this really teaching me about myself, right? And for me, I have a big temper problem. (laughs) I get it from my dad, um, you know, and I just, you know... I'm very, very grateful that I was able to let go and move forward and like, man, Cindy fell into my lap. It was just, honestly, I told her like first two weeks after dating, I said, can I be honest with you? She goes, what's up? I was like, I think you're my life partner. (laughs) I said that straight up and she was like, what the heck? You're, you're kind (laughs) of (laughs) weird.
2: How'd you, how'd you two meet?
0: You know, so we met, we were just uh, friends of friends. You know, we met at a powerlifting competition. I went to go uh, support one of my friends who was a girl and she went to support one of her friends. Uh, and then we all just met each other. She just sat next to me and my best friend, Kevin. She was like, hey, what's your guys' names? And I was like, who's this? You know what yeah. I mean? And to be honest with you, I tell her this all the time. I was like, she's, I, I wasn't really attracted to her, dude. Like externally, I was not. You know, I thought that she was kind of like a tomboy, like a skater boy, kind of. She had a beanie on. I thought she was like a YouTube singer or whatever. <laughs> and like, you know, um, but as like time unraveled that day, I just kept on laughing. I like my energy around her was just so high. Like, just like vibing with her, like nodding my head. <laughs> like, and, and like, that was it. Like, you know, we had like a little um, attraction in the beginning and as time unraveled, She dated other people, I dated other people, uh, but we were always still friends and we always talked um, periodically and every time that we talked, it was always deep, you know, and I just remember dropping off my ex-girlfriend off at the airport and two weeks later, Cindy asked if I want to get ice cream and we get ice cream and I, and we don't get ice cream. We actually end up just having a conversation at my house for two hours. And I look at her, dude. I'm telling you, I think you're my life partner. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it was, it was like a flash, like a flash when like a light bulb went out. And I was like, it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like now I now I see like why. And you know, to be honest with you, bro, like there's no flex in the relationship, you know? Like she doesn't care if I have a come over or a shaved head. She doesn't care if I'm 20 pounds overweight or if I'm 10% body fat. She doesn't care if I am, you know, if I have a job or if I'm, if I'm poor, you know what I'm saying? And just having that kind of unconditional support. Once you realize what you have, you treat it with the utmost respect. Right. And there, There are multiple times where we still sin. We still let our emotions get the best of us, but. I think communication is so important talking about triggers talking about boundaries talking about uncomfortable uh subjects and learning just to come to a consensus or come to an agreement even if you disagree right so she's been a huge part of my success you know she's a big time learner a big time reader she's a big time giver and surrounding myself with a person like that you know I've just elevated to the next level so it's crazy man i love that girl
2: no great, hey that's awesome man you're truly blessed brother we got to get a double date soon because mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. swear man it's a trip like you and i we have quite a bit in common like for <laughs> listeners me and brendan don't know each other that well like we've seen a person once and we no. meet weekly out in toastmasters but we never had a one-on-one like this so i'm learning as you guys are learning wow. how much we have in common but uh, Brandon, let's talk about today. I know I've heard you mention, you talk a lot about seasons. Mm-hmm. And this is in Toastmasters, I heard this in personal training. might be a season, it might be a long one or a short one. Um, what's, the, what's the future look like for you as far as your career path? Where are you going? I know you have a heart to serve, man, and, mm-hmm. and that's an awesome thing that I could tell, see off the bat from the time I first heard you speak. But what's the future look like for you? What's your goals, your admirations? What's next?
0: You know, to be honest with you, um, I look at my future as limitless. I look at it as unlimited potential. Uh, I recently, you know, got let go from CalFit last year. I did not know. Yeah. It was very, very difficult. I went through an identity crisis. You know, I was there, you know, and man, it was difficult because, again, the higher you rise, the harder you fall.
2: Let me pause you there. You yeah. mentioned on you went through an identity crisis. And really? I I did the same thing when I stopped boxing.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
2: for the longest I was known as the boxer.
0: Right. I was,
2: I was known as this is who I am. Right. And like it was hard for me to let that go and be seen as somebody different because I realized like I feel like a sellout. Mm-hmm. How am I not going to be the boxer? It's who I've been.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: then I learned that through time, like, you do not, you're not defined by what you do. Mm-hmm. You, you define what you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, like, I, and I'm, I'm beginning to see like, I'm the brand. Right. It's me right. that, that's defined these other things. Like I'm defining what financial planning is. When you financial a plan with Peyton, mm-hmm. I'm defining what boxing is when I'm boxing mm-hmm. and you, you got to take the ownership and you can't get stuck in these titles. Like mm-hmm. it goes back to these seasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. God gives you this for a season. I couldn't I couldn't understand as why that season came in the time it did. Mm-hmm. But you spoke about faith and the bigger teddy bear. I... I had to realize, you know, God had a bigger teddy bear. You know, oh.
0: the
2: definition of faith is evidence of things hoped for that are not yet seen. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it, but I had to have faith God has something better for me out there, man. And mm-hmm. you can't you, and you end up kicking your own self down if you get stuck in realizing that stuck stuck in that place like I am this, Ooh. I am a boxer. I mm-hmm. can't change this role. I am a CalFit personal trainer. I can't change this role. So I just had to touch on that as you were saying okay. it, but get, get back onto what you're saying. No,
0: but- I think uh, there was something that completely shifted my energy and it was, I read something. It's from a book called, You're Born an Original, Don't Die a Copy. I like that. One of, one of the first words that I read in the very first couple of pages was, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are.
2: That's fire. That's fire right
0: there, man. So in order for us to grow, in order for us to reach new heights, right. In order for us to evolve, it's very important that we let go and it's super difficult to, right. And for me as a trainer, you know, I, I developed this rapport. I developed this identity. I developed uh, this image of what I thought perfection was. And so, when I let go, when I got let go of CalFit, the reason why I got let go was because I was giving too much. I gave multiple clients, and I and I I this is an oath to my mom, and I love my mom. <laughs> gave multiple of my clients free sessions. Don't worry, the session is on me, it's on my time. And CalFit, they saw that during quarantine. They, didn't, they They saw me working off of the clock. I got let go, boom, you're done. No ifs, ands, or buts. And again, it was very, it was excruciating, but what God revealed to me was that Jeremiah 29, 11, Right. For no, I have great plans for you, plans to prosper you, not yeah. to harm you. Right. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I, I, I remember reading or, or listening to that speech by Chadwick Bozeman, and he talked about how our pain becomes our power and our power becomes our purpose. And it's it all comes from suffering. Right. Like he was able to give so much knowing that his time was limited. The moment he f- he found out that he had cancer, that's when he really started to fully live in his purpose and leave people a little bit better than he found them. He became so inspirational. He, you know, I don't know if you heard of his speech uh, at Howard University, but man, it gave me chills. Look up Chadwick Boseman, Howard University speech. And it just I'm gonna look it, up. it shifted, I'm gonna it it really shifted me. And I, you know, I'm starting now to, to see all the opportunities and all the relationships that i've gained instead of looking at what i lost look how much i've gained all the experiences all the relationships that go past cal fit all the memories right that are priceless right like but of course when you lose something you're not focused on gratitude you're focused on this fucking sucks right this stuff like i can't box no more who am i and it's great to not know who you are, right? It's great to not know that because at the end of the day, our truest nature, our innermost I is consciousness, is awareness itself. That I am that I am, right? And when we label ourselves as a boxer, as a trainer, as a nurse, as a lawyer, we confine ourselves to that identity that's limited. And But in reality, what we truly are is life itself. And we are, we can be anything, anything, okay? Um, that we really put our mind into. And of course it has to align with who you are as a person.
2: Man, hey man, thank you for dropping that honestly. You know, it, it keeps coming back to that Kaizen. That word sticking with me, that, that circle of continuous growth, man. And you're, you're living proof of that, man. Listen, we're at the end of the podcast now. I asked all clients, this I mean, I'm sorry, I asked all my guests the same question. And I'm excited for your answer to this one because you shared the 12 steps. I, look, I love the way you look at life. You know, the words financial success can mean different things to different people. It can mean different things to the same people at different times, depending on when you ask them. So today, 2021, Brandon, when people what do the words financial success mean to you? I don't mean from a dollar amount. I mean from a quality of life. What does a financially successful lifestyle look like for you, sir?
0: Financially, being finan- financially successful to me means living below your means and also the capacity to share one's blessings with others. Right? What is being rich without sharing? What is all this money without helping the world around you. And really, like Steve Jobs says on his deathbed, what really matters is not what you do for yourself, but what you do for others, right? And what we do for ourselves dies with us, but what we do for others lasts forever. Namaste.
2: And namaste, amen, man, amen. Even Jesus said, it. the son of man came not to serve, I um, came not to be served, but to serve. Mm, the son mm. of man came not to be served, but to serve. Look, you've been an awesome guest, man. We're going to get together soon. The market, my worries, going you know, to hold me to yep. it, man. We're going to double data. We'll just kick it one on one. Hey, audience, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you found it valuable. You guys have a blessed week.
1: Thank you, everybody. Pain Boy is a financial professional with homes, financial, oven securities offered through. Bertha Fisher & Company, Financial Services, Inc. BFCFS, member FINRA, FIPC, Homes Financial is independent of BFCFS.